This is Focal Point for Wednesday, the 9th of June, 2010. Facebook's unfriendly privacy. Welcome to Focal Point, the podcast that shows you how to tap into the power of the internet in your business and your life. Now it's over to your hosts, Chris Pudney and Gihan Pereira, for this week's edition. Hello, Chris. How are you going? I'm well, thanks, Gihan. How are you? I'm happy. You went away for a few days recently, didn't you? How's that? That was good. You must have uh, seen my update on Facebook to uh, have realised that. <laughs> I hope you didn't put up the update before you went. <laughs> no, on my return, as, uh, as is our policy now. Yeah, that's right, because even with your Facebook friends, you don't necessarily want to show those updates. And in fact, that leads on to the topic that we're talking about today, which is about Facebook's privacy. There's been a bit of a controversy about that. And I remember when this controversy arose about four or five weeks ago, Chris, I looked back and I thought, hey, I made a prediction about this at the start of 2010 that Facebook would go through a major privacy challenge. But when I looked at our list of 10 that we made, <laughs> that one didn't make it. It didn't make the final cut. And I, I, and I remember having it on the original list, but then cutting it out because I thought, well, maybe this is a bit too trivial. But it turned out that that prediction, that it was too mm-hmm. trivial, was wrong, and my original prediction was correct because Facebook did recently change its privacy settings, and they're quite big changes. They're quite drastic changes, and it made things more public, many more things public, without the user's permission. In fact, they had to opt out of it, and some of the things they couldn't even opt out of And even the opting out policy, the privacy settings were ridiculously difficult for any ordinary person to to figure out how they worked. And now the the fact that it was ridiculously difficult, I'm sure that that was unintentional. I think it was unintentional. But the first part, the fact that they made a whole lot of stuff more public, certainly wasn't. And so today we'll look back at the last few weeks, so the action that Facebook took, the backlash that they got from users, their response, and perhaps even the fact that most people didn't know and didn't care about this story. So... We were interested in it, but it may have turned out to be a bit of a damp squib. But maybe that alone is interesting and important. Yeah, and that's a good point, Gihan. If we rewind back to January, the founder of Facebook, Mark Zuckerberg, said at a conference, people have really gotten comfortable not only sharing more information and different kinds, but more openly and with more people. And then he went on to say, that social norm is just something that has evolved over time. And I'm beginning to wonder which came first, the chicken or the egg. Is it a fact that people have become more comfortable sharing this information? Or has uh, Facebook's privacy policy evolved such that more information is being shared by Facebook and people have just had to become comfortable with that? I'm not sure which way around it goes. Um, Because this isn't the first time that Facebook has generated controversy by changing their privacy policy. Uh, They've gone through a series of changes since uh, about 2005, 2006. And I came across a really good visualisation that graphically illustrates just how much more information Facebook has exposed over time from your from your personal information. And the EFF, the Electronic uh, Frontiers Foundation, have also published a timeline that shows how uh, their original uh, Facebook policy was really quite tight. There was very little that was shared. It was just shared with other groups that you were members of back in 2005, your personal information. It said, no personal information that you submit to the Facebook, as it was referred to in those days, will be available to any user of the website who does not belong to at least one of the groups specified by you in your privacy settings. So back then you had this concept of groups on the Facebook and your information was only shared with other members of the groups that you were in. But fast forward to April 2010 and there have been half a dozen updates to the privacy policy and it's gone uh, from a very short and concise privacy policy to 
5,000 words or something at the moment. And now, if you look at the policy, then uh, essentially Facebook is sharing a whole lot of information for, that's personal and private uh, with its partners uh, that, that you have to opt out of and some stuff you can't opt out of at all. And I think you're right. I think the biggest part of the controversy is the fact that it used to be private and now it no longer is. In other words, they've broken their promise. And I remember, as you were saying that, Chris, it just reminded me some years ago, maybe even more than a decade ago, Scott McNeely, who was the head of Sun Microsystems until recently, he made a statement, which was quite controversial at the time. He said, I think he said, privacy is dead. Get over it. And I don't remember if you, I don't know if you remember that time, but it was around by the time that Java was coming on board and people were starting to use the internet more widely and it was seen as a pretty controversial statement at the time but at least what he was saying was you know privacy is dead so we're not going to build privacy into into what we build but facebook started the other way around it started off with very private and then changed yeah and i'm wondering whether mark zuckerberg's comments are kind of a bit like scott's in that he's justifying the reason for them uh, about having an about face on their privacy policy he's saying that it's evolved our policies evolved over time and people's um, people's social norms with regard to policy with regard to privacy have changed over time so he's giving himself uh, an out for saying people are comfortable with this and so that's given us the scope to change our privacy policy perhaps yeah which which is fine and is okay and uh, if it was Opt in, in other words, you then opt in to make some of your stuff more public. Fine, I think I'd agree with that, and uh, I'd understand that, and I'd take that, uh, I'd, I'd trust that more more than what they've actually done, which is forcing you to opt out. In some cases, not even allowing you to opt out. So let's have a look at some of the things that they've done. So now, a lot of your personal information on the site, on your Facebook profile, has been made public. So your name, your picture, your birthday, your sex, your hometown. Uh, the list of friends, your networks, um, the things that you like, the things that you're interested in. And so some of the justification for that is to, saying, well, is to say, well, look, if somebody's interested in the same sort of things that I am, I might be interested in becoming their friend. So Facebook's putting that, presenting that as a feature rather than a bug. Uh, however, some of those things you can opt out of and some of them you can't. There are other things like uh, if, if your friends use certain applications, those applications have access to your personal information. And I, I think that's actually always been the case, that many applications on Facebook, they, they will always ask you, can we have access to your personal information? But if you, don't, if you say no, then the applications don't work. So... And, and that's not Facebook, that's some application developer, some random person on the internet has created this application who then has access to your information and now your friend's information as well. Uh, the other thing is that Facebook gives everybody on the internet access to basic information, so you can't opt out of that, even if previously you said keep those details private. The only, the only option you've got is that you, can, is that you have to delete it. And the final thing is that Facebook has now got a number of commercial partners, and so they've got this thing again which they're promoting as a feature, which they call the Instant Personalization Partner Program, where you go to one of those websites, and that website, if you're logged into your Facebook account, recognizes you, it knows who you are, and it says, hello, Chris, and it can personalize the, the browsing experience for you, which can be really beneficial, can, but can also be a little bit scary. And again, Facebook didn't give you the option to do that. Uh, it allows you to opt out of it after the fact, but then you have to go to the, those websites again and opt out of that as well. So Facebook has made a lot more information public and has done it without permission, and that's really been the cause of the controversy.
Yeah, so that's these are really big changes. And if you signed up several years ago, you would have expected a lot of, at that time, a lot of this information would have been kept private, but it's all changed without, without your consent, except of course that Facebook reserves the right to update their privacy policy as they see fit. So as a consequence, these big changes have created some big waves, particularly amongst uh, the techies. And the New York Times, they are weighed in with a really good visual representation of the Facebook privacy maze. So it uh, has a kind of graphic that shows you just how complicated it is uh, to manage your privacy settings on Facebook. So I think there's some 50 different options with about 170 different choices if you, <laughs> if you t- told them all up, which really illustrates just how complicated it is to get a handle on your, on your privacy settings. And there are some who have argued that this is intentional that in order to, uh, it, it's just too hard for some people, so they don't bother, and that plays into the hands of Facebook in that the default settings are to reveal a lot of your personal information to people like Facebook's instant personalization partners. Uh, so as a consequence of that, uh, there were several protests and lots of controversy, including that on the 31st of May, a couple of Canadian developers decided to nominate the 31st of May as Quit Facebook Day. So if you visited that website, you could pledge to quit Facebook on the 31st of May, and some 36,000 people uh, pledged that they would do just that on the 31st of May. And as well as that, uh, not only was it uh, people like the New York Times, various techies and developers, but also the European government, one of their, um, uh, one of their, the European government's privacy uh, committees chastised, face, chastised Facebook for uh, their privacy policies. In fact, even though the announcement was made recently, it was the changes that were made way back in December that uh, they were commenting on, and uh, and it just happened to coincide with the most recent set of changes, which went even further than the changes made at the end of last year. Yeah, and I think one of the salient points you just made, Chris, is that the fact that there was a quit Facebook day, and I think you said 30,000 people pledged to quit Facebook, which sounds like a lot, and 30,000 people for any typical membership site is a lot of people, but not for Facebook. Facebook's got 500 million users, so 30,000 is just a drop in the bucket, and and I think that really illustrates what, what happened in the last few weeks, and there was a there was a big controversy among the techies and perhaps even the, some readers of the New York Times, and yet the vast majority of Facebook users didn't care, or perhaps they just didn't know. They were oblivious to the fact that these changes had happened. They, uh, Facebook, every time when you first logged in after the changes, it would say, we've changed our privacy policy, do you want to learn more? And they'd probably just click OK, 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 without reading it all, as many people do when they see changes in things like privacy policies. And so I think for most people, this was completely off their radar and they didn't know that Facebook was taking their information and doing stuff with it. And I recently, a couple of weeks ago, I ran a webinar, Chris, a social media forum, which was for people to share their ideas about how they're using social media, not just Facebook, but things like Twitter and blogging and YouTube. And uh, they could ask their questions. And one of the questions that I asked in the forum was, are you concerned about the recent changes to Facebook's privacy policy and what are you going to do about it? And I was, I was astonished that nobody seemed to even know that the privacy policy had changed. No one had, no one was complaining about it. And it wasn't due to their ignorance. These are smart, savvy business people. But I think that they took the attitude that 
they, they, they were not typical Facebook users, so they weren't sharing private information. They weren't putting on private photos and embarrassing photos and making embarrassing status updates. They were business people who were using Facebook in a professional capacity, and they're probably happy, even if they had known about the changes, they're probably happy to know that now Facebook was making their their information more visible to the world. So that was the, probably the wrong sample to work from. However, I think it indicated that the problem that was happening in general that most people didn't know. And you mentioned that that uh, quit Facebook protest day, and that was the 31st of May, which is a couple of weeks ago. And it was a complete flop. As we, as we said, um, 30,000 people out of 500 million is just a drop in the ocean. And Facebook, every time they make a change, sometimes even they change the style of the, the look of the homepage, there's a huge protest about it. More people protest about that than chose to join the quit Facebook uh, day protest. Uh, so the big numbers don't necessarily mean anything because for Facebook with 500 million users, that's just a small amount. And so they were willing to ride the wave and, and just let it go. Yeah, so as you say, Gihaba, at said at the beginning, it was perhaps a bit of a damp squib that uh, uh, there was a lot of controversy, but as a consequence, uh, things like Quit Facebook Day were a bit of a flop. Um, but to Facebook's credit, uh, they've responded to the controversy by holding, uh, calling an all-hands meeting. Uh, they admitted their mistake, and they've, as a, as a consequence, they've launched a new simplified set of privacy controls. And I went through them last night. I revisited my privacy controls. And they certainly are far simpler compared with the mess and the maze that we uh, had earlier and that the New York Times highlighted in their infographic. Uh, it's, there's a, a single screen on which you can update um, your most of your privacy settings with a single click. Um, and, and that's what I did. I went and made sure that all of those were friends only so that only my friends could see my personal information or to the extent that I could control that. And, uh, and, and it's just a lot simpler. But one of the things that I'm not 100% sure of, and I expect is the case, and that is that I still think you have to opt out of default settings that I think most people would be uncomfortable with so that Facebook, by default, reveals a lot more of your personal information than I think most people would want, and so you still have to opt out. So I don't think that they've changed their default settings uh, such that people would need to opt out and would have to go and opt out as a consequence. I think you're right, Chris. That, that's exactly the problem that people still have with Facebook. It's uh, people definitely. I think that the new privacy settings are a huge improvement, but some people are still wondering: is that was that only done because Facebook was reacting to the uh, public relations damage that had been caused by the backlash, or did they genuinely care about their users? And I agree with you. I think if they really cared and they were genuinely concerned about their users' privacy, what they would do would, ha- would be to, by default, make everything private, perhaps be back to the time that you were talking about earlier, Chris, the, when it was called the Facebook and the original privacy policy, and then allow users to opt in to make their, their information public if they chose to. Now, we know from psychology and the, the way that users work online that most people wouldn't do that. Most people wouldn't choose to make more information public, so Facebook decided to do it for them. Um, and that may, may or may not be a good thing. So, so I, I wonder, like, what can we conclude? Can we say that Facebook expected some sort of reaction, but not the extent of it? So they were willing to take a little bit of a hit, but they didn't really. That they were willing to just say, okay, we'll ride, we'll ride over that. Um, 
in the future, will they continue to look for ways to make more information public? Because making it public is more valuable to them. And I think they've, they've got a bit of Twitter envy because Twitter has taken the exact opposite approach where everything on Twitter is public. And therefore, Twitter has suddenly got this mass of information. It's got this mass of developers creating software to, to mine that information. And Twitter itself is starting to monetize it as well. And Facebook, perhaps being one of those walled communities, is now trying to make some of it more public. Uh, or are they going to actually care about their users and they, they're going to err on the side of user privacy as they originally promised? And I think the biggest problem for Facebook is that even though we look at Facebook as we're users of Facebook, so we might think of ourselves as customers of Facebook, for Facebook itself as a company, its customers are not the users. The users are the product, so we're the product that Facebook then sells to advertisers and their commercial partners. So, you know, Facebook is stuck with 500 million users who have promised something that isn't in Facebook's commercial interest to continue providing, and I think that's a big thing. And if it was some sort of physical product or a service where they could just simply change the product specs, there wouldn't be a problem with it. But when the product is uh, a human beings with uh, their private and confidential information being tampered with, then, of course, we kick up a big fuss about it. That's right. So what, what is it that our users can do? So I would suggest that if you haven't visited your Facebook privacy settings recently, then it's probably time that you did. And even if you have, then because Facebook have rolled out a new set of privacy controls, then do so again. Um, the privacy, see if they're actually simpler and easier to use. I did read that the changes to your privacy settings are being rolled out incrementally, so I found that mine have already been uh, changed to the new interface, but um, others might not have that new interface yet. So if you haven't visited your settings recently, uh, then please do so. Uh, but whatever you do, you should treat Facebook as a public, not a private place for several reasons. Firstly, Even though Facebook originally promised never to make these sorts of changes again, or they've recently promised never to make these sorts of changes again, that's no guarantee. Uh, Even if they stick to that guarantee, a Facebook bug might compromise your privacy. Uh, Recently, that sort of bug did occur, and it took them several weeks to actually address it. And even with the current settings, most Facebook applications that you'll use have access to your private information and that of your friends as well. So even if you're extra careful with your own privacy settings, some of your friends might have installed an application that knows things about you and does bad things with it. Yeah, I agree. And just my summary and my little take on that is just assume that anything you post online, whether it's Facebook or private email or even sending text messages, just assume that anything has a potential to be public. It's, uh, it could be backed up. It could be stored on somebody else's computer. It could be indexed by Google. It just could be taken down and used as evidence against you sometime in the future. So just be careful about what you post online, whether it's in Facebook or anywhere else. Or in a podcast, you have. <laughs> or in a podcast, Chris, exactly. <laughs> so speaking of podcasts, we'll have uh, another podcast in a couple of weeks on uh, a late-breaking topic, perhaps. Um, and, of course, we'll be keeping an eye on Facebook because it's sure to evolve, and as well as the whole concept of online privacy. Uh, maybe it is. Maybe we do need to just get over the fact that online privacy is dead, as Scott McNeely said. Exactly. And in the podcast notes for the, for this particular episode, I'll, I'll include a number of links to the, the sort of things that we talked about, the news articles, some of the infographics, so that if you're interested, you can have a look at um, how the story's unfolded over the last few weeks. Okay, Gihan, thanks for your time today. Speak to you in a couple of weeks. Thanks very much. Bye for now. 
You've been listening to the Focal Point Podcast. You can find us on the web at www.focalpointpodcast.com. Subscribe to the podcast, listen to our past episodes or leave us your comments or questions. We look forward to having you back next time.